Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. Hey, welcome to Get Out There, Get Known podcast. I am Pam Perry, and I am very excited today because we have a Hall of Famer. We have a Hall of Famer from NABJ, National Association of Black Journalists, just received it December 4th, not too long ago, but he's an educator, a brand builder. He hails from Dallas. He's also an entrepreneur, uh, and he is also a strategist. So I'll give you the formal bio, okay? Uh, Neil Foote is an entrepreneurial media executive author and educator with experience in journalism, public relations, marketing, branding, education, publishing, radio, and the internet. Yes, that's why he's a Hall of Famer. He has proven uh, a proven ability to develop new products and strategies that support business, financial, and community objectives. We'll get into that more. Uh, Neil has also managed to develop several websites from inception to launch. He'll tell us about that. And he's an expert at identifying, negotiating, and managing strategic relationships. He has extensive knowledge in print and digital media and strategic communications. Neil was inducted, like I was saying, in the prestigious NABJ Journalist Hall of Fame, which is going on about 40 years old next year, uh, recognizing his numerous accomplishments over his career. Uh, He has been recognized as a new media pioneer and expert on digital strategy, whose work has been published extensively. He's worked as a journalist. One of the things he started at the Miami Herald, and also he was at the Washington Post. He was a diversity executive at the American Society of Newspaper Editors, and he was also a sales manager and digital strategies leader at the Dallas Morning News and A.H. Bellow Corporation. He's a founder and the COO of Tom Joyner's BlackAmericaWeb.com and later joined Joiners, joined Joiners <laughs> as the director of communications for all of his businesses, including the Tom Joyner Foundation. So I'm sure he's going to tell us a little bit about that. As a thought leader, he's also the principal of Foot Communications, an integrated communications marketing public relations firm. And he's author, as this, that wasn't enough, right? He's an author of a textbook called Principles of News. And that came out in 2020. And he's also contributed to another textbook that talks about race, gender, class, and media, studying mass communications and multiculturalism. There is so much that I can say about Neil, but one of the personal things is that I have met him personally and I met him on the Tom Joyner cruise. And I don't know if you remember that years ago. And I just remember he was the nicest guy. He was so cool, so nice, so accomplished, but very, very down to earth. So with that, I'm going to bring up Neil. Hey. hey. <laughs> Thank How you so you? much. Pam. I don't know who wrote oh, that stuff about me. But, uh, <laughs> again. Congratulations again. Thank you so that much. Was- I appreciate it. I want to read, too, just really quick for those who don't know who were also inducted in the NABJ Hall of Fame. Um, A.J. Smitherman, um, she's gone on, um, and also Monica Roberts. Those two were given posthumously. Um, But then there was Claire Smith from Temple University, um, Kirk McCoy, a photographer, 
Uh, there was a Roland Martin as well. And also from Detroit, Rochelle Riley. So those were the Hall of Famers inductees for this year. So I just want to let you know that there, it wasn't just Neil. There were great legends in this. And Rochelle was one and Roland is one. And then the other two posthumously. And it is a major thing. And you are all actually over NABJ where you are. You're the professor um, and you're over the NABJ chapter at your university. That's correct. That's right. I'm the advisor for the UNT uh, NABJ chapter that's uh, been runner up the last several years. So we're hoping to take home the big prize one of these years. But oh, uh, so I am you know, honored uh, to be group of so many good friends. You know, Rochelle and I worked together in Washington, D.C. Roland and I go back to the NABJ board back in the late 90s when he was the first student board member on the board. Uh, oh so uh, and he, he and I brought him on board when I launched uh, with Tom BlackAmericaWeb.com. He came on board and worked with me. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, uh, Rodney Brooks is one of the other Hall of Fame winners. And so Rodney and I have known each other along with Sheila for, man, as long as we've been in the business. So, wow. you know, th this award is is uh, just a wonderful uh, like a uh, honor. I mean, it's full circle and it's, uh, you know, you know you, I've always done what I've done because I love my work. I love being, I've always loved being a journalist and storyteller and always loved reaching out and, working with my peers, my friends, my community. I hear a little bit of a scratchy sound. I'm yeah. not sure if it's your headset mm -hmm. or okay. you want to make sure because it is live, but then it also is a podcast. So it's really like personal it's scratchy, in the ear. Scratchy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So we want to make sure that. So tell me about your career, Neil, because you've done so much and you call yourself like an old school journalist. So I saw that when you were in college, you majored in government, but you also had some poetry things that you were doing. You were a DJ, you were singing, you loved jazz. I mean, were you trying to figure it out? I mean, just like, what was what was going on? And then you went on in, to Northwestern University and got your, your journalism degree. But what were you thinking about in college? How did this whole journalism route start for you? Well, it, it really began in high school where I started writing for the high school newspaper and I knew going off to college, I wanted to, and I, when I was applying to colleges, I was looking at all the big journalism schools and Syracuse. And so I grew up in Brooklyn and Bed-Stuy and, okay. you know, do a die Bed-Stuy. So I was looking at all the big schools and then ended up at a small liberal arts school in, in uh, Middletown, Connecticut, Wesleyan University. Uh, turns out they only had one journalism class. They did have a student newspaper. So uh, that first week, uh, you know, open house for all the student orgs. I went to the open house of the Wesleyan Argus, and uh, I noticed one thing that, wow, I was the only uh, black person in the room. And uh, I was not, I didn't feel welcome at all. I didn't feel comfortable. So I said, you know what? <clears throat> I'm gonna dive into the rest of, of my uh, university life and do all the things that my folks and friends and family told me to absorb everything that a college life had to offer. So I dove into student government. I dove into, I was always into music. So I ended up leading, uh, you know, was, was singing and then directing the uh, Ebony Singers for the, the yeah. uh, Wesleyan group. 
Uh, and then I realized I still wanted to be a journalist. So I knew by the time junior year came around, I had to work for the newspaper. I had to get clips. Um, and so I had done a, a semester abroad in uh, Spain. And so when I came back, I was like, okay, from junior year through the rest of college, it's all about getting the experience. So went to the newspaper. I didn't care about it. I was like, I got to be strong. I don't care. So dove in and and as news would happen in, in the ironic uh, sort of way, a racist anonymous letter had been distributed to the Malcolm X house, which was the black house on Wesleyan's campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as you know, it had the campus up in arms. There were protests, there were meetings with the, with, uh, the president. I ended up being the lead reporter on that story. Uh, wow. chronicling uh, the events and the reaction and the anger and the, the pain that we were, you know, the campus was feeling. Uh, and then, you know, by the time, uh, you know, that senior year came on, I was all in to being a reporter and a writer for the school newspaper. And by the time I graduated, I was co-editor of the newspaper. So wow. uh, that's that was kind of the college journey of, of saying, hey, let me enjoy everything else. And then when it got time to, you know, again, this was the the, uh, the the late 70s, early 80s. So I knew I had the clips, had to have the clips. And that's what drove me back to the newspaper and, and you know, covering this big story on campus. And that, well, one of the things, too, it was kind of like at that point, that was like a, uh, a George Floyd kind of a moment. It was a big story and you were in the middle of covering that. So as it would happen, you you were the person that of color that was really covering that kind of story that no one else could could do, which is really one of the reasons why NABJ really is founded because we can tell our stories where, you know, no one else really would have the perspective that we would have or dig in deeper to do that type of research. And so from there you left um, that and then you went into Northwestern University, the big journalism school, and you got your uh, master's degree there at the uh, Medell School of Journalism. And then you went and got so so at this point you're like all into journalism, right? I love that. That's thing. right. Well, and, and it was actually you know I had a choice between Medill uh, going to Northwestern or a job at the an internship at the Miami Herald, and I actually took the the, the internship at the Miami Herald and deferred to Medill. Uh, the internship at the Miami turned into a full time job. After about two and a half years, I realized, well, if I work too much longer, I may not want to go back to school. So convinced uh, my editors at the Herald to say, hey, give me a leave of absence. I'm going to go get my master's degree. And then if you can guarantee a job for me when I get back, I'll be good. So turns out that worked out really well. Got my master's degree, came back to Miami as a as a business reporter. I had been covering cops and schools, all of the stuff that uh, young reporters do. And then decided to dive into something completely different. Uh, I didn't know anything about business. I was terrible in economics, but I, a good buddy of mine, Calvin Lawrence, who was on the business desk, a uh, long time uh, Newsday, who recently retired. But I called him up and I said, hey, Calvin, what's going on in Miami with the Herald? He said, hey, man, I'm leaving to go to Newsday, but my job's open. You, you Should I throw your name in the hat for this? I said, sure, what the heck? So, you know, Worked out real well. The the editor who was the city editor when I was on the city desk, she was there and she said, hey, Neil, come on board. So for two years, 
I dove into being a business reporter covering small business, the, the auto industry, personal finance. Uh, it was a real education in asking, learning how to ask lots of questions, breaking down complicated information and really trying to distinguish myself in my career of just not being a regular general assignment reporter, but becoming Special. someone uh, uh, as a specialist. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So I still hear the little bit of the, the scratching. I think yeah, you may yeah. have to hold it because it may okay. be. Sure thing. It's, it's uh, think... banging up against that. Let's, uh, let's, uh, there you go. I'm excellent. thinking that's probably what it is. That's yeah, what that's, is. I'm sorry it. about that. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking that at this point, now you are doing, you've got the MBA, you've got the journalism, uh, big journalism school, you're doing all these other things. So where does it end up at this point where you are uh, doing the journalism things, Washington Post and all that, and you're loving all of this. So where does the PR come? Because I know you were giving shout outs to the National Association of Black Public Relations, Beepers, uh, mm -hmm. Black Public Relations Society, right? Because Pat Tobin's a friend of mine as well as a friend yes, you know, yes, on yes. as well. But, but, but PR, so journalists and PR people typically... They do hang out, but they come from different worlds. So I was a journalism major as well, going to Wayne State University. Mm -hmm. And then I worked in advertising, then I worked in PR. But there was always a line between the journalists and what they call the flax, right? The PR. That's people. right. That's right. <laughs> so well, how, did, how did that come about? <laughs> well, well, it, it's kind of the... the the other, you know, the way we would say that, and my and my my good journalist buddies still give me a hard time about this is when I truly jumped to the dark side was when I was at the Dallas Morning News. I came here uh, to Dallas in 1994 to work at the the Dallas Morning News, and I, I was actually on an executive uh, management program that rotated around the newspaper. And uh -huh. so I landed in advertising. So that was completely outside of the newsroom. So I was selling newspaper ads. Wow. The, the internet took off. I dove into the internet. Uh, and then that's that's, yeah. oh, look, the internet was all dial up back then. And oh so the God. big charge. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was, you know, I was a young kid in the room saying the internet was coming, the internet's coming. And, and, uh, <laughs> These old guys were looking at me like I was some kind of crazy person. You know, I, I you know, the Internet has come. Right. right. We're, it's here. we're about it's the like Internet all, 4 especially 0 in 2020, that That's all we had was the Internet. We couldn't go outside. So, that's yeah, that's right. So, you know, the, the fast forward, you know, did did a uh, uh, had a great opportunity at, at the Morning News in Bilo, which was the parent company of the Morning News. Met Tom Joyner by chance at a meeting at the Morning News. He wanted to launch a national black newspaper. He uh, lured me away from uh, from the Morning News and below to work with him to launch BlackAmericaWeb.com. Wow. And we got that off the ground, ran that for about two or three years. And then that's when Tom made a huge move. Uh, and, and some of you may remember. Fly jacking. He, well, he was fly jocking. And then in 94, he went syndicated. And then in 2004, he decided to take over his own radio show. And that's when he launched Reach Media. So he'd been an employee of ABC. And then he created his own company, Reach Media. And that's when I made the pivot from digital, from print, to di from sales, to digital, to PR. I said, hey, Tom, you need a director of communications. And people say, well, Tom, what does he need? Yeah, you know, he's Tom Joyner. And believe it or not, you know, 
because he was only off and on in New York and L.A., he wasn't consistent. He had over 125 markets, but he wasn't consistently on in New York and L.A. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, all of my PR friends, you know, you know, in, if you don't exist, if you're not on the air in New York mm -hmm. or L.A., the, the media there really don't think you exist. And, you know, Tom had 8 million listeners. So the idea of helping to get Tom's story on the map, not only in the major markets and major national media, but globally was the challenge that was put before me. It's like, Neil, look, Tom, you know, needs, to, yeah, Tom has contributed so much. So that was my mission working uh, with Tom and the team and so many great people there, uh, Oscar and Thomas and, and, and uh, so many people, his sons, you know, who were wor working on building Tom's brand. That's how I ended up in PR. So I was director of comms you know, by the time I had transitioned away from the, uh, uh, that role of the company, we had him on the Today Show. We had him on BBC. Mm -hmm. We had him in the Wall Street Journal. We had him in Forbes. We had him uh, in Slate, NPR, uh, Voice of America, yes. mm -hmm. CBS, NBC, everywhere. I mean, we were... Uh, yeah, we really, you know, along the same line, time, we, you know, he'd launched the cruise in 2000. So we foundation. were building the, the footprint for the foundation. And, and mm -hmm. yeah, our paths crossed on one of, one of the famed fantastic voyages where my job was to, you know, you, you caught me at a moment when I wasn't, when I was stood still <laughs> for a minute, right? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. You were going, I, I was just amazed. I was like, wow. I said, this is a lot. This is a lot. I mean, people who understand publicist's role, everything falls on them. If you don't know what's going on, you go ask the PR person because they, they should have their hands in everything and they're doing all the things. So you were mm -hmm. doing the most on that cruise, but you stood still enough to talk to me. I was like, I understand. I was like, I just want to say you're doing a good job. I said, because this is a lot, a lot of yeah. moving parts, a whole lot of things. And, no. and the vision of the HBCUs, I mean, he has always had a heart for HBCUs way before it has become like a thing now. Um, it's just like all of a sudden people just decided that HBCUs are a thing right now. It's just like the the popular thing. But but he was doing that way before then. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. You yeah. know, Tom used to say that the HBCUs were part of his DNA and, and mm -hmm. his, his story of growing up in Tuskegee. Alabama, you know, the, the the home of one of the most prestigious HBCUs around, right? And mm -hmm. and uh, and you know, the home of so many uh, unbelievable African American heroes and icons in America's history. Uh, grew up there in Tuskegee, and Tom was one of those folks. And and you know, you all may remember the Sky Shows when he was fly jocking, and we were going into to uh, cities. And, at Chicago. six in the morning, yeah. uh, doing yeah. those shows live. And so he was raising money. You know, he was doing a great live show, but he was raising money for HBCUs. Mm -hmm. uh, and the cruise was an extension of that. You know, I remember, you know, one, you know uh, among the many memories, you know, it was a year after Katrina. Mm -hmm. uh, we, he wanted to do the show kind of on the year anniversary of, of, the, of the, uh, the storm. Katrina. We went back down there to New Orleans and, you know, we did a tour of the Ninth Ward, you know, that was still in recovery mode. Uh, mm -hmm. but we, and, and one of the places, you know, he wanted to make sure we stopped by was was uh, was the State University of New Orleans, uh, Southern University at New Orleans, Suno. And, and we stopped by there and 
he wanted to hang out with the students, meet the students, meet the the, uh, the administration to to give them just a shout out and let them know that he was there for them. We visited the folks at Dillard uh, while we were there. He wanted to let them know he was there, and he was always there. Whenever these events happened, uh, the storms, mm-hmm. whether it was tornadoes, the horrific uh, Katrina, Tom just felt that it was important that these every student who uh, attended an HBCU has has dreams, and he wanted to make sure their dreams came true, and that's why he raised the funds and continues to raise the funds through the foundation yeah. to help them uh, stay in school. And that's what makes a good story. So being the... Um the PR communications director for that whole process of Tom's brand. It's a good story because he has a heart. Both of you guys met, wasn't by chance that you have this heart. And so every part of your background, I guess you would say, you know, you were a DJ, you're in the music, uh, <laughs> you definitely uh, were in the advertising department, and then you're, you're looking at strategic communications, and then you get the MBA, all of it world around, to the point where Tom like needed you because all those experiences were like very similar and you understood him. So you understood That's right. Him. And that that is like the coolest thing. So when you got the uh, NABJ uh, Hall of Fame uh, award or inducted, I just thought, I said, that's it. That is it. And it's, it's one of the few things that um, I remember um, Pat starting the, the, mm. the Black Public Relations Society um, and then I started something in Detroit called Blacks in Advertising Radio and Television and NABJ. And people always say, well, why do, you, why do we have to have our own uh, Black award shows or Black organizations, Black radio, Black newspapers? Let me hear from your, because you wrote up, you were contributing to a textbook on this. So let me hear your perspective of why. I, I'm just passionate about it. But why do you think it's, it's important for us to have these organizations and these awards? Well, you know, Pam, we could do a whole show on this, as you know, uh, but yeah, let's just say, you know, from my first day in Miami as a summer intern and then an employee, I dove in and and helped, you know, launch the South Florida Association of Black Journalists, uh, you know, with, with my yeah, with many good friends uh, who I'm still friends with now. But my passion about diversity has always been there, uh, right on up to my work at the American Society of Newspaper Editors, now the Newsroom Leaders Association, where I was working with newspapers around the country to increase diversity in newsrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so so uh, right on up to my role in working uh, with the, the National Association of Multicultural uh, Media Executives, NAMI, where we were trying to get more executives of color into the executive ranks of media companies. Wow. Uh, and then because, right through with because the, the, the reason why you need to have those people of color in the ranks of the multicultural in the in those roles is because they're the persons that is controls like the purse strings for the the media for the Tom Joyner show for the black press for the black you know those kind of things so they need to understand that advertising you know that advertising is don't ignore us right so that's, that's one right of the don't ignore us so that is that's imp- it all layers together all it comes all together, together absolutely so my work with uh, with beepers is an extension of that uh, of how do we make sure uh, yeah, again, very directly, black people are in positions that they can make decisions mm-hmm. that uh, that we get beyond. I can't find them. 
because uh, yes. you and I could spend the next half hour identifying, you know, 50 huh. of our closest friends who are exactly. all ready to rule the world if you just, you know, get them in the room, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so give us a chance to be in the room and trust me, you know, you will be amazed at how well we can 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 change the world for you uh, on all sorts of ways. And, and that's, you know, my work with Beepers, work with the Diversity uh, Action Alliance, which is an industry group of associations working to improve diversity. You know, my work in education with the Commission for Public Relations uh, Education is all centered around this idea of how do we make sure uh, we are always at the table. And I've I've reached a point, Pam, where I'm no longer afraid to be the the one in the room to say, okay, folks, this was a great conversation. However, what are we going to do about it? What's the mm-hmm. action? <laughs> what mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. action? What's the hiring mm-hmm. policy? What's the plan to get people in leadership ranks? What's the plan to get them in C-suite ranks? Um, and you know, the the proof is in the pudding. This next year, you know, we had the George Floyd moment. Um, everyone talked to talk. So now it's the walk to walk. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I was so glad to see my 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 friends Malcolm and Disha at UPS being named into leadership yes, positions. I saw that on LinkedIn. You know, yes. That is what we're talking about. That's Rob what we're Brewer talking about. is from Detroit. Mm-hmm. That's one, there you that's go. One, went to Castec, went to uh one of our our uh one of our um schools here in Detroit that mm-hmm. that's here. Um but it's just so many and it is important because when you have um people that come together and like you said people who you started the Southern Florida NABJ many years ago, and you're still friends today. And those mm-hmm. are the things that people that kind of, you know, birds of a feather flock together. And everyone in NABJ, the Detroit chapter here, we got Vicki Thomas, mm-hmm. um, Rochelle Riley. Angela Henderson was a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, he was just stellar. And people who are part of the organization. And it's so, it, they open so many doors for students. Uh, just, just, open so many doors for students. If if they if the organization wasn't around, I think a lot of people from people like Allison Payne, who um, was in Chicago, mm. wouldn't be where they were. I mean, just right. so many people, they they would just say it's about that. Um, so I want to just ask one last question. So you wrote these textbooks and you're teaching between, do you miss like um, the, the daily beats of, of reporting or do you you training your students to do that or is it different because you say you're old school journalist so a lot of kids are like well i have to be a a, a multimedia journalist now you know I, I i just can't be just a journalist so i've got to do multimedia and it's like i've got to do i got to know photoshop i've got to know all the the editing equipment i mean it's just different so you find yourself like man well, still, so yeah, no, it's today. a great question. So, yeah, I, I uh, old school journalist, new school storytelling. What that means is, yeah, I'm, I'm preparing the next generation of storytellers. And the next generation of storytellers have to write, still have to write. And, yes. you know, my, my, my students. So that's right. Publicists have to write. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm training them not only to write, but you're absolutely getting them to understand that we got to tell stories in multiple ways, in multiple formats, through word, through text, through audio, through video, 
through social media, uh, Mm -hmm. working with them to make sure that the uh, that social media becomes the first line of just like the wire services, AP and UPI were back in the day, Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and all these are the ways that folks are getting information. So we got to use them wisely and effectively that are all grounded in the fundamentals, you know, Mm -hmm. pursuing the truth, undying curiosity and being uh, uh, that voice of the voiceless uh, and holding powerful in the account. So those are all fundamentals that still go Mm -hmm. no matter what form of media. That's what I love doing. And that's, you know, I I got a a text, uh, an email today from a student thanking me for what they learned this semester. I'm having lunch next week with a young man who who uh, came to my class uh, after the first class, after this was a huge lecture class, Pam, you know, 200 students in the class. And I always say, hey, come by my office hours. He came by my office hours. Every week he came by my office hours. He wanted to be a sports reporter. Yeah, he he worked about three jobs to get through school. And now he's a lead reporter for one of the major sports teams here in Dallas. Oh, my God. You know, every, you know, three or four months we get together for lunch because, you know, I just love it because he's, he's, he's why I do this, you know, he's Mm -hmm, why I do mm -hmm. this. And there are many others who I heard from in the past several weeks after winning the Hall of Fame, who uh, you never know uh, in life who you touch. You never know in the classroom how you do impacts individuals. And what the last several weeks have shown is that um, uh, there's lots of work for me to do, and I'm so glad I've uh, uh, had an influence on so many folks and hope I can continue to do so in in, uh, my years ahead. That is so cool. So he is now living his dream. He is like the sports <laughs> reporter for one of the teams, yes. right? It's like, That's that right. is, that is so cool. And mm-hmm. and just having interns, you know, you pay it forward. You were interning and people you know, mentored you and you're mentoring other people. That's really what it's about. The show, uh, Get Out Here, Get Known, I really wanted to do this because a lot of times people can today, they don't need publicists, they can pitch themselves. And so I always say that you can pitch them if you follow them on Twitter or you just, you know, connect with them. If there's a story, let them know, get to know them. And so it's really a way where I want people to really understand the the people behind the power of the pen, right? Behind you know, the thing. So by telling your story about where you started, why you started it, um, the fundamentals of what you're looking for, it's like, it has to be a story, has to be, you know, we've got to write good stories. So when people pitch, what would be the best advice that you can give someone who is a subject matter expert, a thought leader, um, an author, if they are pitching, mostly everybody loves, I love print, but a lot of people Mm -hmm. love TV. So if they're print, if they're pitching, say, a broadcast outlet. So what would what would be the best advice? So say if they want to pitch Tom Joyner, what would what would their pitch look like or how would they go about that? Well, you know, it funnel it the fundamentals go down to two words. So what? Mm-hmm. You gotta tell me why I should care about who you are. I don't care who you are and what you're doing. You gotta make it relevant to uh, the show, the publication, the broadcast, mm-hmm. the reporter you're pitching, you've got to know, you got to do your homework, mm-hmm. understand what the so what is, and realize that you have to make sure you can tell that story, tell the story that you believe is so important in less than 10 to 15 seconds. 
Because if you're lucky to get one of these folks on the phone, then that's about how much time you got. Mm -hmm. In an email, you need to, you know, and I have to edit myself, make that a compelling subject line. Yes. Use your bullets. Bullets are okay. I know for all of us old print folks who want to write these wonderful prose, (laughs) bullets is all we got because people are scanning because they're going to scan it on the computer. And 99% of the time, they're probably scanning it on their phone while Mm -hmm. doing five other things. So Mm -hmm. unless you get that so what in the subject line and the the why you can't do without me getting my client on the show, then, um, you know, you should, you know, find, you do that test internally do that test with your client. I have, you know, I work with clients all the time and, and I frustrate them because they're like, Neil, why aren't we getting coverage? I said, we have to come up with the story. Well, I wrote yeah. a book. Yes. And There's let me, million books. <laughs> yeah. Let me show you on Publishers Marketplace, the books that are coming out this month. In fact, today, did you know, like 700 books just came out today? And they're competing against the book that came out last month. And then the books that came out the month before that and the month before that. It's like, okay. Right. So uh, how do we build a story around that? So, you you know, what's the so what and what's the story? Why should people care? And, you know, usually, you know, there is an angle. There is a way. Uh, the world has changed. You know, we've been in this business a long time. So the world of PR, the world of media has changed. So stories that you and I might have pitched five years ago now may not even get the time of day. And it's frustrating. And I get very frustrated about this because I have re- I, you know, had a chance to represent and still do some outstanding individuals, brilliant mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, hugely successful that, you know, some of you know, my best friends who are in the business who make news decisions have to tell me, it's like, Neil, you know, love the idea, but it's just the news cycle is moving too fast. And it's just, you know, no, no it's, it's nothing personal. It's just the way it is. Keep on pitching yeah. and, and maybe, you know, you'll have it. So that's the other advice that I would say to my, my PR time. friends, don't give up. Look, I send out lots of emails and do lots of pitching. And, you know, hopefully when we're back into it, but I knew as, as even now, and as I've talked to folks, either phone or via Zoom or email, I know my friends get the emails. I know media folks get the emails. Uh, and it's just a question of, you know, when, when you hit up the right time at the right moment and you get that call back from that producer who says, hey, we can book the person, but they got to do X, Y, and Z, and they got to do it now, right? Yes, uh, yeah. There's but, no like, uh, well, let me get back to you next week. No, we... If you got the green light, you need to go right now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But, I you know, be a student it. of media, be a student of news, be a student of the news cycle. I, you know, I, I advise my clients. I said, look, you know, if you understand what's going on in the news, then hopefully I, I'm on top of it. But, you know, your industry best. Right. You know, you are the expert. So please, it's a two way street. Call me up and say, look, I can talk about this issue. I know this is in, inside in out. You can fit in. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Let's come up with a quick pitch. Let me get on the phone. Let's see what we can do. And that's, you know, so we got to be a little bit nimble, got to be very Flexible. creative mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, just, un, you know, just, just relentless in that sense mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, for those who have faint of heart, you know, you got to lo- you got to live with rejection and celebrate those wins and, and, and know that you're, 
you know, there used to be a phrase in, in, in just about every newsroom I've been in that you're only as good as your last story. That's <laughs> so, the same thing with, with PR. You're only as good as your last story as well. That's, that's the same thing. It's with, like, you, could, you could get ooh. someone on PBS today, mm. but you're only as good as your last thing. So it is so true. That is so true that that you definitely want to make sure that that is the key. The main thing that I hear you saying is that it has to be a story. You have to be relevant. You have to know how to pitch and just become familiar with the publication that or the as I say publication or the news outlet that you want to be in. So if someone says, oh, I want to be in Essence, do you subscribe to Essence? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> even know That's what's right. Going on in Essence? And so there was a uh, I love this this month's issue of uh, Essence. It comes out. This is November, December issue. But um, Simone Biles was on the cover. And so mm. I looked at the cover and said, mm, who's that? It was Simone Biles. It was all about self-care, right? Perfect. And then I looked through it this month's Essence, and there were some friends that were in there. Uh, Becky Davis, who was on the cover of Speakers Magazine, she was in there. I saw um, some publicist friends in there. She does girlfriends uh, group. I saw Lucinda. I mean, so I was looking. I was like, I love this. Not just as it's celebrity-driven, because Tabitha Brown was in there as well, mm. but it also had regular people. So they did a roundup. It's a roundup article, like, how do you take care of yourself? And so it was a roundup, maybe about, I don't know, 15, 16 people. And a lot of the people hadn't seen it yet, mm. which I thought was interesting. So if you're a black woman, not to say that you can't just pick it up at the store, but subscribe to it. You being in advertising, you know that we, we the media survives on advertising and subscribers. So if you want to be in essence, please sow the seed and get a subscription. That would be a good place to start and then read it and really understand it and get to know who the bylines are by. And, and like you said, it used to be a student of the media. Oh my God, please. That's right. Be a student of the media, be a student of the issues, be an expert in your industry, yes. know it inside out. Uh, and, you know, you know, know where uh, you got to provide the facts and you got to tell a good story and, you know, if you can be an asset to the reporter and helping to tell them the story, which again, reporters are stressed, particularly broadcast news, local broadcast news reporters, man, my heart goes out to all my friends. They're local news reporters. Ooh. They are working endlessly to try they to come up everything. with stories. <laughs> they got to do everything. So and the tweet. more we can package your story to say, yep, you got, I got the person. I can get you families. I can get you witnesses. I can get I can you get experts. I got B-roll, I got high-res pictures, logos, everything else. Just come on out and they'll be like, woohoo, great images, great story. And so, uh, you know, but we, you know, uh, the last point I'll make is we got, we have to be the best that we can in this industry, particularly in public relations, because, you know, it hit, it, it impacts my journalist friends too, right? Because if they see... Well, you know, they, we, we hear it, Pam, from our journalist friends when we don't get it right as publicists. They're like, yeah. what the heck is the matter with you? Why is this person sending me this stuff and mm -hmm. I don't even cover that? Or why are there misspellings in this? And this Ooh. doesn't even look like a press release. What is this? Why is this email going on for 27 inches? I, I didn't even get, the, you know, you need to tell your people to get it together. It's like, oh, now we got to represent everybody. Not the whole, the whole industry. It's like, okay, so everybody who's a publicist is like, you got to tell them. And I try to tell them, I'm already said, go speak membership community. And they hear it all the time. It says, you're going to write a press release. Make sure that it's this length. Make sure you do this. Mm -hmm. Make sure, you know, and it's like, you feel like you're really, I said, but listen, 
if I can bring on people like you that are saying the same thing, that it's like, this oh, yeah. is real. This story has to be relevant. It's not about, and I always tell them, I said, if it's just about you selling stuff, go to the advertising department, take exactly. a man. Exactly. You know, I mean, this is news. And so if you become a student of the news, you know what they like and it's easy to pitch it. If you know who they are, it's easy to talk to them. It's it's very, that it's that simple. Mm -hmm. But you do have to know the news cycles and what, what Essence likes versus Black Enterprise. You know, you want to be in magazines. Well, obviously you're not going to pitch the same way to Essence as you would Black Enterprise. One is business focused. The other one is towards women, lifestyle. So you just have to know those things. And th that's real general, but there's every business insider is different from Forbes, different from entrepreneur, different from mm -hmm. fast companies. So you just want to be in business, but like know the niche. It's like, ooh, then it's like, ooh, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get criticized sometimes by friends and even you know, some of my clients who say, well, I wrote a press release. Can you help me with it? And I'll send it back to that red line completely yep. rewritten. And they're like, man, what'd you do to me? I'm like, hey, look, That's it's nothing personal. Know. Right. It. It's like, it. look, it, you know, but, but why didn't you include this adjective and this flowery language? It's like, look, There'll be a time no, for flowery, no language. flowery language. Oh my God. You got to get that, to, you got to get in, far. get out. And uh, trust me, the, the best reporters in this country will make, make you look wonderful. Yeah, but they just need to know. Having, yeah. Without you having to, to oversell and, mm -hmm. and put all the flowery language in there and just what they call mm -hmm. it, the puff and the fluff. The puff. Take the, the fluff, fluff out. Take exactly. the puff and the fluff out, you know, tell the story. So, Neil, I could talk to you all day. I love this conversation. Thank you so much. This has been good. And I'm sure that the last part, knowing your career, people understand a little bit about where you come from. You talk about the foundational things, but they also understand you drop some gems about what they need to do to get out there and get known. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Pam, for having me. Uh, enjoy the conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm passionate about this world of journalism and storytelling. Um, you know, you're you're among the best in the business who've done it for so many years. You're bringing. You're not only uh, helping to bring on a next generation yourself, but continuing to be out there. And uh, you look forward to. Get, getting back out there on the road and seeing you again yes. uh, at the and, conferences uh, and things like mm -hmm. that. I know. Absolutely. I know. Absolutely. The virtual is cool, but I do want to get back out to the NABJ in person and, and shake it. hands and, and rubbing shoulders. So, yeah, so that's good. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And that is Neil Foot, neilfoot.com. Make sure that you reach out to him there. He is available to speak as well as doing uh, teaching and doing PR. All kind of things. So he's a Hall of Famer. He can do anything he wants to do at this point. So. <laughs> well, thank All you, right. Pam. Thank you, Neil. All righty. Take care. All right. See you now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast brought to you by PamPerryPR.com, where you'll get insider tips on how to build your platform, pitch the media, and promote yourself with confidence. Head over to PanPerryPR.com and get the exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch. In order to be considered in media places or superstar stages, PanPerryPR.com, where you help you shine like a superstar.